Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up if i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar, America's son. That's what I'm calling you now. That's right. America's son, Travis Morningstar. And I I do want to bring you a little news from our neck of the woods in in New York City. Um, it, It looks like idling is about to be canceled forever. Okay. Because Bill de Blasio has brought in Billy Idol (laughs) to... Only the best. To end idling of trucks and cars once and for all and here's a little bit of audio from that what if a white wedding is happening you're gonna have to idle every now and again Oh my God! <laughs> so now he chants, "Billy never idles." He's standing at a podium with the words "war on idling." Yes. Do we need a war on idling? <laughs> I think we might be overusing that three-letter term that leads to death and devastation. But we're gonna have a war yeah. on idling, a landmine on every street corner in New York City to just explode. Any car that has the audacity I thought that to was a- idol. That was really sad for Billy Idol. <laughs> uh, I have no problems with Billy Idol. I thought he, he was a fun sort of novelty musician. Um, I don't know if that's an insult or not. I mean, he was famous for he was famous for White Wedding, which was a pretty cool song about, about marriage. Yeah. Well, I think this is a I like this because it is a 30 Rock joke come to life this is this is a this is the donna summer sketch from snl the the summer downa uh but uh you know the people that are idling are like guys who drive trucks and then they like take out boxes and then put them into restaurants it's like those guys those guys are really going to respond to a billy idol led campaign where it's a war on idling also what we need to have is a war on lack of street that's, That's right. What I'm talking there should about. be more street. More street. And we can get into bike lanes if you want to get into bike lanes. Not every street needs them. Okay. Well, we have a lot to talk about here because we had South Carolina. That's why we're coming out with this episode on Sunday. South Carolina, it was yesterday. And it went expected as it, expected, as expected. For yeah. Bernie Sanders, for Joe Biden, perhaps oh, not so well for Elizabeth Warren. 
Pete Buttigieg, is he a CIA shill? Well, a lot of drunk people at the bar I was at on Friday said he was. And then, of course, Amy Klobuchar as well. Uh, All three of them underperformed in South Carolina. Joe Biden did what he had to do to stay in the race uh, and make Super Tuesday more competitive. And Bernie Sanders, uh, not, not, not great about expectations, maybe a little bit lower. Not the best day for the Bernie Sanders campaign. Yeah, there no. were some polls before uh, that maybe indicated that he was neck and neck with Biden. I saw polls, and this is like seriously the same day. One poll had Bernie Sanders tied with Joe Biden, and one poll had Joe Biden up by 21 points. Some, I of, the, don't some of these know. polls are... <laughs> Who are I they mean, talking to? I, it's just insane. The amount of miscommunication that gets uh, well, sent out because of these so-called scientific polls. You know what wasn't mis- miscommunicated was uh, Tom Steyer. <gasps> oh, no. He did, in fact, leave after the results of South Carolina. Oh. But he did also leave us with this video of him dancing with Juvenile on stage. Oh, Tom's honestly? He's with Juvenile on stage in South Carolina singing Back That Ass Up. He should have done this to start the campaign, and he would have won. And honestly, I've never liked him more. I really do like him here. He's not... He's putting the hands up. He's understanding. He's following directions. All right, well, Tom we, Steyer, we thank will, you for that. We will miss him. But, you know, that he really should have gone the Bullworth route from the beginning. He should have been sure. rapping. He should have been... He should have uh, wore, like, wraparound sunglasses at the debates. He, I really think that would have won people over. He was the, you know, if you know, at the South Carolina debates, uh, the billionaires were put off to either side, I right? Saw you that. remember this? They bookended the debate with, with the, the billionaires. The least uh, likable of the the bunch. Or, I think uh, Tom uh, Steyer is likable. Well, I mean, in terms of uh, favorability and, and popularity, yeah. But uh, he did sort of represent the the benevolent billionaire, the good yes. billionaire, whereas B- Bloomberg is clearly the the evil, the capital E evil billionaire. The yin and yang of billionaires. Uh, and we will be discussing coronavirus coming up here a little bit later on in the episode. Did the did uh, people plan for it? Was there a war game? Perhaps. Uh, what would happen <laughs> if a virus was set loose? How many people would die? You know my thoughts on the whole coronavirus. I. You're fine. I'm just going to say everyone is going to be fine. Although the health minister of Iran, did you see the footage? <laughs> oh, where he came out and he was, in fact, infected well, with the so coronavirus? The health uh, minister of Iran was speaking to the Iranian people and he swore no one was going to get corona. Everything is fine. We have all of this stuff on lockdown. Uh, the entire time he's speaking, he's patting his brow. Yeah. He's sweating profusely. Coughing blood into his Victorian silk napkin. And then it turns out the next day, he indeed himself has coronavirus. So that's not the best look for your health minister when he gets the uh, virus that he is swearing is not in your country. I want my health minister to have all of the diseases. I want him to be in the muck. I actually think that's a great point, Travis, because now they're definitely going to find a yeah. cure for this thing. If everyone with power, people in power start getting the disease or getting the virus. I want, I want my health. Good. I want my health minister falling apart. I agree. I want him to have every STD that exists. We'll want, get a cure for every single one of them. We'll get a holding, cure for the freaking gout. He's holding one of his eyeballs into his skull to prevent it from falling out. I, that's the, that's how the health minister should look. Honestly, I think you make a totally valid point. 
the health minister should be a pin cushion for every single <laughs> illness. You should poke him with one every single day and just be like, all right, let's see what happens. And let's race to the cure. Otherwise, you're going to die. When it comes to coronavirus, though, my skeptical I put my skeptical cap on. Someone yeah. who has worked on television news, worked uh, producing television news. Every, this is, it is a bit of a news cycle trend around January and February and March. We start to see SARS and all these kind of fun things come out. I, you're not going to get sick, but be careful. My, But just don't freak out and don't, um, you know, what's doing very well is the InfoWars survival kits. Oh, yeah, the buckets. Any, the, the buckets. The buckets. <laughs> anytime, anytime Breitbart's website goes crazy, they got the popcorn bins oh, of yeah. freedom. Uh, every time there's something like this, there's an industry that profits. Obviously, the markets kind of went down a little bit, but they've rebounded already. Uh, but there's so <laughs> many people who are just like in the bunker business. Yeah, people are buying buckets that just have like unpopped popcorn kernels with a gun lodged inside the bucket. Hey, you got to survive the, the coronavirus sur somehow. That's the survival. My survival strategy is I'm just sort of like Sean of the deading it. I'm just Perfect. having a cup of tea, letting this whole thing blow over, meet me at the Winchester yes. because just don't touch your face and chill out and you'll be fine. Don't touch your face is a lot to ask someone. It's a pretty prominent part of the body. Oh, yeah, and that is that is where I go when I have anxiety is I pick at my face like I'm a meth head. So <laughs> it is a little bit challenging. Uh, that but, is disgusting. But, I will, but I, will, I will resist in this time of... <laughs> you pick at your face when you're nervous. I, I think that's a very common... I don't know. I think but... that's a common uh, anxiety thing, or at least for us <laughs> meth heads. I don't, be careful. You're going to run out of face at some point. I know how nervous you get. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just talk a little bit about the delegate count so far for the Democrats. Bernie Sanders still holds the lead with 58. Now, this South Carolina win for Joe Biden, it really can't be understated how big it is. It put him with 50 delegates, and then we have Pete Buttigieg at 26, Elizabeth Warren at 8, and Amy Klobuchar at 7, everyone, everyone else at 0, of course, including Tom Steyer who did spend 200 and I think it was $240 million yeah. total, roughly, yeah. which by billionaire standards, of course, he's not a Bloomberg billionaire. No. He only has $1 billion. Bloomberg has 65 times more billions I mean, than Tom Steyer. But for all that money, for all of that work, again, and we'll zero see, delegates and he's gone now. And we'll see what... I mean, what kind of quote unquote good billionaire is? Because once he recedes from the election, is he going to put that money to actual good use? The money's gone. It's. I mean, I'm saying, uh, you know, he he talked a big game about climate change. Will he take? Will he pivot that money and that energy into something actually practical? Well, we'll hopefully. see. But um, uh, what we we you know, I do want to provide context for Biden's win here. Um, you know, this is his third presidential run, and this is this is the first state he's ever won in a primary. It is quite interesting. This is quite interesting. And if you were going to choose which state is he going to win, this is the state that you would have chose him to win. Of course, this isn't the this is the third time that he's running on top of the ticket, of course, with Obama um twice as well. So he did get a lot of support from the black establishment, specifically Senator uh, Clyburn. And Travis and I sort of had an argument. I don't know how much a senator's Support really sways an electorate, 
But South Carolina politics are very interesting this, in that way. So Jim it, Clyburn is a apparently, from what I understand, is is quite a figure in mm-hmm. South Carolina. And uh, given that Biden overperformed uh, against the the polls, I would say that endorsement, that late endorsement, uh, probably put him over the edge a little bit. But you know, I'm actually kind of happy. For Biden, I mean, this is this is nice for him. He, he needed he, this. He gets three days. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good deed in a weary world. South Carolina gave him his first state primary win, and he gets to enjoy it for three days before Super Tuesday, at which point he will be probably slaughtered. Well, we have some polling data coming out from Super Tuesday, specifically California and Texas. Uh, we'll break down some of those numbers for you a little bit later on here in the episode. Bernie Sanders looks like Super Tuesday could be a great, great day for him. Of course, there's 14 states uh, that will be voting on Super Tuesday, no matter what for the Biden campaign, which was on life support. Uh, they have a small window of hope here uh, that they can unplug from the machines, get off the respirator, and actually be able to have a living, breathing campaign, really for the first time. Yeah. Because it has been nothing but stumbles and pitfalls, nothing but uh, should have done betters. And so this is the first time we got to see Joe Biden happy. Yeah, and I don't I don't think we, you know, for this whole time we've seen him go really get kind of beaten up in these past states that uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, we expected him to win in South Carolina. I think uh, what I'm not, uh, I didn't expect is the massive amount of narrative building around this one uh, state now in the three days leading up to uh, the Super Tuesday. This is going to be, they need to hit yeah. this extremely hard. Well, um, for a Democratic primaries, South Carolina is a great state, right? Because yeah. it is diverse. Um, it definitely looks a lot different than, as we've talked about, Nevada, New Hampshire, and, and Iowa. Not not that much different than Nevada. So for Bernie, for Joe Biden, this is representative of a larger narrative, that he is the one yeah. that can take on uh, Donald Trump and get that Obama coalition back. Well, and it Because seems that like, was the coalition that didn't form under Hillary. It seems like in some of these uh, southern states, this is the kind of... Uh, area that Biden's going to do well in, like Tennessee, and, uh, North Carolina, Alabama. The, those might be states that actually, if he doesn't win, he'll get a good amount of delegate chunks. And we also have to wonder, what did the role of Pete Buttigieg lack of black support play in this? Because we have Buttigieg, who has sort of been peeling away a lot of the support in those more white states for Joe Biden. He underperformed immensely in South Carolina. Yes. And I wonder if it was because... He did not. He was not able to get that support. He tried, but the South Bend, as mayor of South Bend, there's just a lot of controversy when it comes to his policing tactics and his relationship with the black community really doesn't exist. And as we know, the the black voters are very skeptical of white politicians coming in, promising the world and under delivering. And especially if that politician has a controversial record. Uh, when it comes to policing in South Bend, Indiana, they're going to take a look at him and they're going to have a difficult time trusting anything that he's saying. So I'm wondering if that's why Joe Biden did better, because the people that were looking for other moderates, they saw Klobuchar and they saw Buttigieg and they just went with the old tried and true Joe Biden. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think the at least the older black voters is what which is what we saw come out in the South Carolina mm-hmm. primary. They're not. They're not taking the uh, the bait of the precocious boy genius act that Buttigieg no. is doing, but Warren, 
who uh, also did not do very well in South Carolina. Warren underperformed as well, she and at this has, point, her campaign is is uh, is really it, it's, full, it's a tough time. It's yeah. a tough time for her. Uh, she and she kind of went on the offensive against Bernie. It's like it's clear that she is just now trying to be the Bernie Buster. It's uh, the only option that she really has at this point, right? Because that's the only group of people that is a viable group for her to technically win, right? So it's like there's no real point in Elizabeth Warren going after Joe Biden mm -mm. because not too many folks are thinking between Biden and Warren. Not too many people are in that lane. So if you're Elizabeth Warren, you got to go to where where are the progressives? Who are they following? How do I get them? To come my way, it just is not really holding water. And unfortunately uh, for her, Massachusetts, it seems like she might actually do not as well as... I mean, she might lose to Sanders in her own right. state. Which Even then, Amy I Klobuchar is just, up in Minnesota. Yes. Well, apparently, uh, in a New York Times article I read recently, uh, Biden's team reached out to Klobuchar and Warren's team and just sort of like touched base with them and said hey do you mind just staying in the race whatever happens because i think they want to just prevent uh sanders from getting as as many delegates as he can as they can right uh klobuchar might take minnesota and there is a chance that warren rallies her massachusetts base to to possibly i mean obviously she has it she's been elected there multiple times so i mean yeah anything can happen if you are joe biden that campaign made a good phone call to klobuchar uh, and to Warren and been like, please, God, stay here. Yes. They need to divide that vote specifically when it comes to Warren, not so much Klobuchar. If I'm Biden, I kind of want her out of the race, to be honest with you, because that's a moderate lane that he will most likely get uh, the uh, electorate that supports her right now would most likely go over to Joe Biden once she drops out of the race and Buttigieg as well. So yeah. if you're Biden, you want Buttigieg to get the hell out of there. And go work on another covert CIA but, mission. Uh, apparently, Biden has not he's not campaigned in any of the Super Tuesday states in over a month now. So he really bet a lot on South, South Carolina being the the firewall, as he as he as, states, as yeah. they say ad nauseum. Yes, ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today all right well let's go through a little bit of some of these super tuesday states a few of these super tuesday states texas texas is currently looking very good for bernie sanders 
There was a lot of talk in 2016 that Texas might go blue, although it seems to me like it is redder than ever. So who knows if it's actually in play when it comes to a general election, perhaps someone like Bernie Sanders getting new people out, uh, getting Hispanics out in higher numbers, talking about economic issues that face uh, that many people in Texas are facing. Maybe he's able to switch this state around to, at the very least, a shade of purple. Bernie Sanders holds a 15-point lead in Texas that is over Joe Biden, who holds, uh, obviously, less than that. I believe it's around 34% right now for Bernie Sanders, so, you know, roughly 20% for Joe Biden. Can we trust the polls? South Carolina, most polling data, I don't, I mean... Basically, I don't know. Basically, it was basically right. So Michael Bloomberg has 15 percent support in Texas. Elizabeth Warren has 10 percent. And then we got Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar. Buttigieg with 8 percent and Klobuchar with 3 percent. If I'm Amy Klobuchar after Super Tuesday, she's going to be gone. That's what I'm that's what I would uh, imagine. Because, again, she can also take some of the money, whatever is left over from her presidential campaign, and then she's able to sort of shell it over to her next Senate run, whatever her other political ambitions are. So I think she probably wants to keep a little bit of money and uh, get out of there with a little bit of dignity as Mm. well. So after Super Tuesday, I would assume that Amy Klobuchar is done. And Pete Buttigieg, if he continues to perform the way that he did in South Carolina, and again, Super Tuesday states much more diverse than the first three states, and that's what people were saying over and over and over and over again. Iowa and New Hampshire are not representative specifically of the Democratic Party, specifically in a Democratic primary. Now we're starting to see a little bit more of the culture of America uh, come through in the Super Tuesday states. So we'll see if Buttigieg is going to be able to hold on. So right now, it looks very good for Bernie Sanders in Texas and Joe Biden coming in second. We also have some polling data coming in from North Carolina, another super important state. This is much, much closer, according to an NBC News Marist poll. Uh, They have Bernie Sanders at 26% support and Joe Biden with 24%. Bloomberg in there at third with 15, and so on and so forth. So it looks like North Carolina is uh, well within striking distance for Joe Biden uh, to take on Bernie Sanders. So it really is, after Super Tuesday, we're going to see a race. Uh, we're It's really going to form. It's really going to solidify. And if it is a Bernie Sanders-Joe Biden uh, race to the finish, it's going to be very competitive and really interesting. Yeah, it'll be a choice. It'll be the like crystallization of progressive versus sort of old way centrist, moderate Democrat, and, and really a micro, um, a microcosm, mm. not a micro whatever. Else <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say. A micro Weinstein. <laughs> That's what the the ball is, man. Oh God, I can't stop thinking about Harvey Weinstein's nuts. Yeah, the they, lack of nuts. Yeah. Ugh. That's your that's your goatsy. That's the, the man it, in your dream. <laughs> it it just drives me insane hearing the description. Do you know? And this isn't side stories. I don't even know. Do we talk about it? Yeah, but he had to. The, that poor woman. She was popping his back hat, his black hands oh on his back. God. I want to vomit. Anyway, well, he's where know, he belongs. Uh, but <laughs> when it comes to uh, Bernie Sanders, and when it comes to 
uh, Joe Biden. Now, I, now I'm all I'm thinking about is the weird. They they described it as a zipper. Oh, never mind. What was I talking about, Harvey? They, you bastard. They described Harvey Weinstein's penis to be the same shape as Jeffrey Epstein's egg shape. I don't want to talk shaped. about it. All right. What I was saying was. We have a microcosm of what would happen in a general Bernie Sanders versus uh, Joe Biden in the sense that we can see um, what it's going to look like for someone who is a self-described socialist, democratic socialist versus someone who is more establishment. So we're going to see what that looks like uh, in a head to head matchup. And that's kind of why. And this isn't demeaning to anyone. Everyone's run the best campaigns they can. It's not easy to do. Elizabeth Warren going negative, I don't think it's going to help her. But I just kind of, we got to trim the fat yeah. after Super Tuesday. And um, and I would like to see how, how in a head-to-head, I, I just think we can actually get some results that are maybe a little bit more accurate to what we're going to see well, in a general with either of these guys. Speaking of the, the socialist, the scary boogeyman socialist thing, I thought it was interesting, the South Carolina exit polls, you know, they they ask, you know, each person coming out of the, the voting polls, like a couple questions about why they voted, who, you know, and all the sort of demographics behind voting. And the question was asked, are you in support of Medicare for all, which is obviously Bernie Sanders hallmark campaign oh, policy. He's, he's talked about it before. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure but, so I, I've like, heard him mention it. Biden, obviously a, a dom, he dominated in South Carolina, but the exit polls show that 50 percent of the voters are actually in support of Medicare for all as a policy. Mm. But that does not necessarily mean that they would support Sanders. It's sort of like they support the progressive policy, but then they support Biden as this character who is, I think, uh, somebody that they can they can refer to and is more familiar with and, familiar. Is, and is like, yeah. a oh, it's Barack Obama's friend. It's and, Obama's friend. And I think familiar is the right word. So yeah. and that's and that's that. But I think if there is a stronger, I don't know how, but because uh, you know, as you alluded to, he's definitely Sanders has made the point. This is what Medicare for all is. This is what this means. This is what socialism means for you, which is just healthcare for all. I don't know how else that Sanders is going to communicate that to this older generation. But I I would say that the that voting base that Biden is tapping into is not monolithic. It's not. Uh, unchangeable. It just the the message needs to get out there and say, hey, this is actually what Sanders uh, supports, and you actually support it as well. Um, but Biden does have the the best friend bracelet on his side. He does, and sometimes people just don't like someone, even if they agree with their politics. They might just not. That's all. It like can, it will, someone. that is all that it can come down to. That's Absolutely. It. I mean, it everything is. is just high school at the end of the day. In Texas right now, Donald Trump would beat Bernie Sanders in a hypothetical again. This is according to an NBC Marist poll. So take it for what it is. Uh, President Donald Trump and Sanders. Trump would get forty nine percent. And Bernie Sanders, 45%, according to uh, this snapshot, which is no denying why Joe Biden is saying that he is the best candidate to beat Donald Trump. Uh, it, it depends on what kind of polling data you're looking at. If you look nationally, Bernie Sanders does very well against Donald Trump, pen, tends to win. But then if you look at the swing states, it tightens up a little bit, specifically Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Pennsylvania, you know, those states that were so crucial in 2016 and will no, no doubt be crucial again in 2020. So if you look at the swing states, it's a little bit tighter. And that is why there's a lot in the Democratic establishment saying Bernie Sanders is a dangerous choice 
because of those swing states. All right, well, let's move on to beep, 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 health watch. You know how we do that every show? Yeah, I'm checking my health watch right now. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Health watch. Um, okay, so the coronavirus is hit. Also, I want to say this. There was one misleading CNN tweet that went viral because CNN loves their tweets. The tweet said 38% of Americans won't buy Corona beer because of the coronavirus. That is actually not what that poll said. And of course, all the comments are like, people are stupid. A lot of Trump supporters, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters, I bet. Everyone's an absolute idiot. Um, the, the actual poll said 38% of Americans don't like, will never buy Corona. Yeah. However, 4% of Americans, this is what the poll did say, will not buy Corona. They like Corona and they bought Corona, but now they won't because of the coronavirus. So it's not 38% of Americans that are absolutely out of their mind dumb. It's only 4%. Yeah. So, you know, that's about, that's a, that's like the flat earther incel Venn diagram. And I'm just now seeing 100% of New Yorkers have stopped idling because of a Billy Whoa, Idol what? war on idling campaign. Wow. Yeah. So congratulations to the Idol family. <laughs> oh, poor Billy Idol. Just, you know, I selling think- out is something that I love. I can't wait. I want to be a Taco Bell spokesperson. I, I, if Bud Light would recognize me, Senpai, that would be amazing. Um, I will do anything for anyone other than private prisons. And de Blasio. Yeah. Um, but... My God, I poor think, Billy, man! I, just I, can't you get a ju- go to? Get, can't he like make the new Chili's song or something? It's a nice day for a white wedding and guacamole. Like, can't he just do something no, to make is, money? This is at least a I don't know a nice benign <sighs> climate change thing, but it is just very. It's just it's charming. Um, it's not charming. It is charming. It's it it's, is charming. It's predatory. Bill De Blasio is predatory. He's praying. On the 80s stars of the past. <laughs> he, he, Although I will say, Billy Idol looks the exact same. He looks exactly the same. It was yeah. 40 freaking years ago. Yeah. He's still, he's still, uh, is he punk? Is that a punk guy? He was fake punk. Faux punk. Faux punk. Faux fur. He was like, um, yeah, he took the punk look. Although Marcus Parks, of course, from last podcast on the left, I'm, I'm assuming you know it. Um, he may defend Billy Idol. I, I would musically. Defend, defend, yeah, I would because I don't know enough, so I'm just kind of being a jackass. Being, there's nothing wrong with being a pop, like a pop star. No. If, you're, if you're making solid hits, I don't care. And I, we can't begrudge him for making the song "White Wedding." That's a great song. It's an amazing song. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, as and long as it's not the uh, racial makeup of the wedding, you have to allow everyone in. And his cameo yeah. in the wedding singer. I think was, was, yeah, underappreciated, quite I com- honestly. I completely agree. Um, in a recent simulation, okay, a coronavirus killed 65 million people. Okay. Do not freak out. This is just an article about a simulation that was played out by a bunch of well-to-do benefactors and so CDC guess, officials. So once, we be- once we've busted the international pedophile rings that we're currently busting as we see people going to prison and, uh, and dying in prison, perhaps by suicide, perhaps by the hand of another, this is what they're doing instead. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's like... This is like the billionaire's revenge where it's like, oh, wow, you don't want us to have our fun parties anymore with humanly uh, with with uh, human trafficked victims. Well, then we will plan 
for a virus to wipe you all out. Do you remember the uh, the war game thing where they uh, of course the the military with nine eleven and everything? Well, in the 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 fake war, the simulated war with Iran. Do you remember this? Where we, they do a lot of war games. Well, this is like a famous one. I, f- I forget the name of it, but basically Iran beat uh, Iran beat us every time in, in the in the simulation uh, for some reason. But uh, their so, health minister has coronavirus. We gotta be able to win. It's a great health minister though. Uh, in October 2019, a group of 15 business people, government officials, and health experts gathered around a table in New York to plan out the global response to a worldwide outbreak of a never-before-seen and completely <gasps> fictional coronavirus. Whoa! It was a training exercise with disturbing similarities, in retrospect, to the 2019 in or the coronavirus that we're now experiencing today, the Chinese virus that has swiftly gone global this month. Interesting. Um, so they're just hanging out. They're pretending it's going to happen. I would love to hear what their solution was to help. So three and a half hours later, after beginning this simulation, uh-huh. the group finished the exercise, and despite their best efforts, they could not prevent the hypothetical coronavirus from killing 65 million people. Woo! Uh, the fictional coronavirus at the center of the Event 201 simulation, it's called Event 201. Cool, uh, makes a, it really ominous and scary. Uh, yes, a collaboration between the John Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation oh. uh, was called CAPS, and it started with pigs in Brazil before spreading to farmers. Not Doesn't unlike it? the coronavirus, actually. So they, the coronavirus apparently started with uh, some kind of a, at a factory, a sort of animal factory in China. Uh huh. That I know that maybe you have differing opinions on how that how it actually started. But the coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. I know. You, I mean, hey, you 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 thought it was like started in the back of a Chinese Sephora or something, right? No, no. I don't even know what a Sephora is. It is possible that it was created by the Chinese government to expand their social system of monitoring everyone in their country, their social credit system, their their monitoring systems. Uh, This is another way uh, for the Chinese government to continue to get more control of its population. It did target a lot of poor minority groups. I am not saying the Chinese government created the coronavirus and sent it out in order to Uh, increase their control of their population. But I will say that the Chinese government has taken this as an opportunity to expand their control, expand their surveillance state, and no virus, no... Let no no let no issue go unused politically, and the Chinese government is definitely doing. That. I'm sure they're taking advantage of it. They are. Uh, but so the players in the event 201 simulation include health experts from the United Nations and the CDC, uh, as well as several academics and representatives from private companies. In other words, they were the same type of people likely to plan the world's response to a real life coronavirus. Well, sixty-five. So sixty-five million. What do we got? Seven billion right now. Well, it's still a big number. Yeah, I'm going to say I hope that it... Th- yeah, I don't think uh, doing the math like that is really... It's, really, it's just a small percentage. It's just a, yeah, uh, but so the, the, the obviously the outcome is troubling, um, but the purpose of the simulation apparently was not to stir up fear. It was <laughs> what was it supposed to do? This is going to calm everyone down. It was to have you chomping at the bit. <laughs> get ready. Uh, it, was, it was to make you get out there on the beach and have fun this summer, kids. Uh, instead, they hoped it would serve as a learning experience, highlighting the both highlighting both the potential impact of a pandemic as well as the current gaps in our preparedness. Okay. But to that end, after the simulation ended, they did create a list of seven actions that leaders, like Mike Pence, uh, in both the <sighs> public and private sectors could take now to prepare for a scenario like Event 201, which we are now currently 
experiencing. Woohoo! Okay, so we have seven things. Do you have the list of things we're supposed to be yes, doing? Yes, they, they right, are very boring. Okay, so number one, stop, <laughs> drop, and roll. No, yeah. that's if you're on fire. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm going to assume. I remember what happened after 9-11. The big supply that was needed, according to W, was duct tape. Got to have your duct tape, and you got to have yes. your little, you got a little, little, sh- little shield for your window. What do you call it? Like garbage, <laughs> oh, like garbage right. bags, right? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the prepared, garbage bags and duct tape. The preparedness was the same as like a tornado, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to like uh, tape up your windows, it, which is really just going to make it easier for when you die in uh, in an explosion, a nuke explosion, whatever it might be, a uh, biological weapon. It may, it just makes it easier for them to go and find you, and then I guess the all of the toxins in your body don't escape, perhaps, yeah. something yeah. like that. I don't know. Well, these, but either way, it wouldn't save your life. So these, I'm going to say maybe, is there a Papa John special in here? I, I do not see anything because the other the advice, sorts. The other advice that W gave was to go shopping after 9-11. I swear to God, he just said, go shopping. <laughs> and, and that was supposed well, to. That, it's the, it's the uh, don't panic. Uh, don't, uh, keep just, calm and carry on is essentially what he was saying. I swear to God. I swear to God, stores had post 9-11 specials like, hey, oh, come on out. You, we discounts all around. If, Everyone go shopping. If you have not seen the 9-11 furniture store commercial. Oh, they're the best. You got to look that one up. Um, but there was seven calls to action and they're all, you know, exhaustive and, and boring. And they basically are the most, you know, the, the right things to do for these private sector individuals and government officials. To, well, you know what I'm doing? I'm hunkering down. Well, that's right. You got to hunker down at the Winchester, because, have a cup of tea. Well, you, I'm not doing the tea. I hate tea. It's not enough caffeine. It's not enough flavor. You got to put five bags in the in the pot. They got to do it's it like I do. Tea guy. But, uh, we fought a war. We fought a war so we don't need tea. Hey, mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today conspicuously what i do not know what i do not see on this list of seven calls to action is um pray uh which i think is probably mike pence's solution for the coronavirus absolutely it's helped, now, not, it's helped him not be gay he is now at the helm of the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic yeah we have mike pence at the at the who's going to take care of us now yep. uh, because Trump is busy calling it a hoax on Twitter uh, and but yeah so I, I, I you know the thing about Trump calling it a hoax it's not really great when it comes from the president of the United States because people are you know getting inf- uh, infected not huge amounts of people and again go about your life everything's gonna be fine it's just as president he should be like okay we're this is what we're doing we're taking steps Pence is on it. Everything is going to be okay. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands. 
as a radio personality, call it a hoax. As president, maybe not. Yeah, maybe That's not. the problem with Donald Trump. If he was in any other position, I would say now that is a kooky TV personality that I kind of like. We, uh, but when he's president, it's yeah. like, oh, that's not the right response for a president to have. Not quite. Not quite there. We, uh, we just had our first coronavirus death in America hmm. in Washington State. No kidding. And there was an uh, emergency press conference where Trump came out, talked about the death for all of 45 seconds, and then went on to say how he's neutralizing the Taliban. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, see? There you go. There was actually just a massive uh, potential peace deal with the Taliban in the U.S. and Afghanistan. That is, you know, it's definitely something to keep an eye on can you trust them can you not it's the best we got and at the end of the day i want our troops out of there so that is that is good news uh from my in my in my opinion of uh where i want to see the united states in uh the world uh, globally i think we've just been in, we've been policing too much and uh, it's time to bring our troops home but when it comes to coronavirus I'm just so happy the billionaires are on it. They don't mention on that list, be a billionaire. That really helps when it comes to avoiding the coronavirus because then you can go anywhere. Um, but I, I'm just so happy that they wargamed for it. They failed so miserably at the war game. We can only hope, we can only hope they learned from that experience and we can never die from the coronavirus. Well, so one of the... I don't even... In, in essence... What the seven calls to action sort of emphasize is cooperation. What do you uh, do? Don't punch your neighbor. Don't no. Don't become. Oh, just this, follow like, what the government's telling you because it's going to work out. This is the same people that got us sixty-five million people dead. No. Uh. So the cooperation amongst countries, as far as like, don't oh. put your head in the sand. Uh. Which is what. I, I, don't uh, if you, I don't know if you've seen the movie Contagion, with uh with with uh Rose. McGowan. No. Rose, Ro oh, I'm, oh shit! I'm thinking Rose from Titanic. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Kate Winslet. <laughs> Kate Winslet. I just watched Titanic, by the way. You know she kills him at the end. Yeah, she is a is a bona fide cold blooded murderer. She just who hides a gym him. and throws it in the in the ocean. I don't understand the end of that movie because I watched the end of that movie at my bar, Carmine's that I go to. Yeah, and there's enough room on the door to get that dude to get Leonardo DiCaprio on the door because at the end she was on the door. Also, she could, and then she, but she just doesn't help him, and then she's just like, "Goodbye, poor person." The it's very same, weird. The same water that sort of makes people go into shock almost immediately. She's wading through for like half an hour. Well, like she's, she's strong. She's, she's strong. walking through it anyway. But in Contagion, uh, the countries sort of uh, do an isolationist route, and that causes doom. does one does one of the leaders call it a hoax? Uh, no, not ah. e not even in a fictional movie <laughs> does that happen. <laughs> Oh, God. Watch All Contagion, right. though. If you want to feel um, cool, calm, and collected, watch a movie about how quickly shit can go sideways by getting on the wrong bus and getting uh, coughed in your... Like, having someone cough in your face and then uh, rabid monkeys start clawing, off, clawing your face off. Don't cough in people's faces. If you see someone coughing... Don't touch your to face. Away. Don't touch people's... Don't uh, touch anyone are, else's face. Well, I don't know how many people are touching everyone else's faces. I mean, you know, it's... it's I've, I've clocked it. You've, you've touched your face twice... Uh, just yeah, I'm going to touch my face. I'm going to continue to touch my entire body. I know it's stunning and shocking and disgusting to even think about, but yes, I will be touching my face. None of it... God, see, this is the problem with having Donald Trump as president, because now I can't even say none of it's real, because then it's like, well, what are you, a Trumper? It's like, no. I 
just feel like we're going to be fine. But maybe I'm just being optimistic in 60, a pessimistic world. 65 million. And in a fake simulation, which you know I what? don't even know. Again, just... You what? know what else was a fake simulation? What? Untitled Goose Project. But do you see Goose cause mayhem constantly? Havoc at the picnics. Um, I Untitled Goose Project is the... I don't understand. But speaking of viruses, um, Days Gone is a great video game all about a zombie breakout. What happened? What did the government know? Who planned it? You'll have to play that game for about 150 hours to find out that. All right. And just lastly, as we talked about a bit before, let's discuss what happened with the U.S. and Taliban negotiators. They have signed a historic agreement. They signed it in Qatar. That could end the 19-year war in Afghanistan and allow Donald Trump to bring our troops home. The four-page pact spells out a timetable for the United States to withdraw. We got 13,000 troops right now in Afghanistan. In exchange, the Taliban agreed to sever its ties with al-Qaeda, the terrorist group, of course, uh, that launched the 9-11 attacks, trained in Saudi Arabia, or trained really everywhere here in florida but of course uh the vast majority coming from saudi arabia so the taliban has said we're not going to hang out with her anymore and then the u.s is like okay if you don't hang out with her anymore then we can be then we can be cool we can be chill we'll see if we can trust them whatsoever but this is what donald trump told reporters at the white house he says everybody's tired of war it's been a very long journey it's been a hard journey for everybody (laughs) <laughs> so uh, he's not wrong. No, I just something. everybody is tired of war. We are done. Let the Taliban have control of their country. Uh, Taliban is not Al Qaeda. They have some. They have some skeletons in their closet, like everybody else. Uh, but at the end of the day, we do need to get our troops home. And yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a. It's a good thing as long as we have the ability to monitor the Taliban. And make sure that they're not talking to their mistress, Al-Qaeda. Yeah, it seems ISIS is the one with teeth, right? Like the Taliban is now kind of metastasized into a kind of like an administrative kind of government of its own. Basically, yeah. Uh, This is according uh, to Donald Trump. He says, if the Taliban and the government of Afghanistan live up to these commitments, we will have a powerful path forward to end the war in Afghanistan and bring our troops home. What what happens now is really up to uh, the Taliban. This is according to the top U.S. negotiator uh, who signed the pact as Secretary of State Mike Pompeo looked on. Uh, he This is according to Mike Pompeo. He says, this is a hopeful moment, but it's only the beginning. There's a great deal of work. Ahead In the coming weeks, the United States will begin a phased withdrawal of, from Afghanistan, reducing its forces from 13,000 to 8,600. This is an interesting situation where Donald Trump breaks with traditional Republicans uh, who believe that this is a very dangerous thing to do. Even Fox News sort of tepidly supported this, but not as much as they usually support things that Donald Trump does. The question is, do you want to tell the Taliban your timeline for withdrawal? Of course, when Barack Obama offered a similar thing, uh, when he said that he was going to do a similar thing with Iraq, everyone harped on him and hopped on him and said, oh, my God, you're just letting them know our entire strategy, our whole plans. They're just going to wait us out. Those are always concerns. 
uh, when it comes to dealing in foreign wars and ending foreign wars, which is almost more difficult than getting into foreign wars. Well, without a doubt, uh, more difficult than getting into foreign wars is ending foreign wars. And so we will see uh, what happens here going forward. There are a lot of people who are concerned uh, that this is giving too much to the Taliban. Uh, But I think that as Americans, the war fatigue is very real. And we just want to see the uh, we just want to see it end. So we will see what happens. Um, I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. And it'll probably be something in the middle. Yeah, it's like uh, between zero deaths and 65 million deaths. 65 million deaths. By the way, if you do want to read that article, it's in futurism.com by Kristen Hauser. It's just it's an interesting look into what we could be doing to prevent uh, a lot of catastrophe. I love it. So if the Taliban fulfills its commitments to say, Al-Qaeda, we don't like you anymore. Get out of here to renounce Al-Qaeda. And they start working with the Afghan government. The U.S. agreed to withdraw all of the remaining American forces from Afghanistan within 10 months. Again, a timetable, very controversial. The U.S. also agreed to immediately facilitate a controversial prisoner exchange under which up to 5,000 Taliban prisoners held by the Afghan government could be released. The Taliban would free as many as 1,000 prisoners as demanded by the Afghan government. This is what Donald Trump had to say. He says, if bad things happen, we'll go back. We'll go back with a force. Can you guess? Like nobody's Nobody's ever ever seen seen before. Uh, Basically, because that is how he talks. Don't make me turn this car around. And of course, it would be a force that people have seen before. It's the U.S. military, which uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have seen. (laughs) So we will see what happens there. Uh, The 5,000 prisoner exchange. It is amazing a a difference uh, between the reaction. If the Obama administration did this, it would have been everywhere in Mm -hmm. a positive light on MSNBC, CNN, you know, whatever. um, Slate, all these things. It would have been like, oh, wow, this is amazing. But the fact that Trump is doing it, no one's covering it. And then the right would be freaking out at Obama. But because Trump is doing it, the right is also kind of keeping it hush hush, which is why this story isn't really going anywhere, because the left doesn't want to admit that this is something that is actually a positive thing for foreign policy. And the right doesn't want to admit that this dude's a Republican. So no one's really talking about this potential, uh, this potential for U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, which uh, also you know d- me, I want to see it. So, uh, CPAC happened recently, and I want to say that oh, tr- God. Trump really—if we're talking about good things Trump has done—well, I'm just—it's just, it's just even a crouch, broken clock. Huh? Trump crouches behind CPAC podium oh my to mock Bloomberg's height. Look this picture up because you do have to. Folks, you got to hand it to him. <laughs> Why, God? Why are we in this hell? Okay, so yeah, this is the New York Post at NY Post on Twitter. Uh, Trump crouches behind CPAC podium to mock Bloomberg's height. It's just Donald Trump's head <laughs> peeking over the podium as the microphone looms above him. Uh, man, God damn it. We're in a stupid timeline. Also, CPAC. I believe what did uh, what did Glenn Beck? Uh, Glenn say? Beck wanted to, yeah. um, you know, he's he's really uh, recuperated his image, and he was on. Um, I remember. Do you Samantha remember Samantha B and and everything? He was on Samantha B a couple of months ago. Dude, that's right. When he denounced yeah. Trump and all the left was and, like, "We uh, love you." So Glenn Beck was at CPAC, and he just wanted to let everyone know that um, Bernie Sanders is bringing bringing on the second Holocaust. 
Uh, so Bernie thank Sanders. You, is. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Yes, the. He's gonna bring on the, the second runner of the Democratic. He's gonna bring on the second second Holocaust. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You know, a lot of people at CPAC were just like, "Nude have to be a first one." Oh, there would have yeah. to be a first one, Glenn. True. So actually, so we he's got actually you. a little bit of a progressive voice there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he is a little progressive. Uh, good God Almighty! All right, everyone. Well, those are kind of the biggest stories of the week. We'll be back to our normal schedule uh, this coming week. Here, obviously, we are. We will let you know what's going on. Super Tuesday, 14 states. If you have a chance, get out and vote. Please do. This is the exciting time. This is it. This is when the this is when the campaigns really start to get into full. Uh, they they put it into gear and they get full speed, uh, running down the track on the way to the finish line to see who is going to be the Democratic candidate for president of the United States. We'll definitely have more insight into how the convention is going to look by Wednesday. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm my predictions are it'll be Bernie Sanders is going to end up with the majority of states. I think he'll probably carry nine. I would not be surprised if Biden's able to to get around five or so. Mm-hmm. I don't think maybe Klobuchar wins Minnesota. Maybe. And maybe Warren wins Massachusetts. Um, but I could see neither of that happening, and I'm predicting by the end of it, by Wednesday, the field will be much smaller. Warren will be out, Buttigieg will be out, and Klobuchar will be out. That's what I'm going to predict. Honestly, with it's a any, bold prediction, but w- we'll with see. any luck, someone drops out. I mean, we need to sp- <laughs> the field someone needs will. to be winnowed. Yeah, so someone will. And uh, yeah, again, if you're Biden, you want Buttigieg gone, you want Klobuchar gone, you want Warren to stay. By, uh, Bernie is the inverse of that. And if you're Bloomberg... Uh, Bloomberg's just, probably just going to hang out. He's just going to hang out because he, it's, it doesn't matter to him. He, no. He's he's siphoning off Biden's support by just existing on the uh, the radio and TV uh, in the form of advertisements. God, those ads. Ad, the ads are just like... They, they constantly... They're constantly playing. Yes. It's insane how much he is advertising in New York. We know you. You don't need. We understand who you are. You're the freaking former mayor. Advertise anywhere else. Get out of here. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, all right. I'm going to be showing my documentary, Hail Yourself, America. March 9th, I'll be in Syracuse at the Funny Bone. I mean, what is funnier than that? March 10th, I'll be in Albany at the Funny Bone. March 11th, I'll be in Manchester at the Funny Bone. March 15th, I'll be in Orlando, Florida at the Improv Orlando. March 22nd, I'll be in Columbus at the Funny Bone. And March 29th, I'll be at Kansas City at the Improv. So I cannot wait to see you all there. Get those tickets. And uh, yeah, we'll hang out and have a nice time. Uh, anything else, Travis? I just, remi- I just realized why this is so funny to me, the Trump crouching behind the podium thing. Reminds me of that Austin Powers scene where he goes, uh, he goes down the escalator. Do you remember this? I do. Good I do. scene. Good scene. And as a matter of fact, uh, Travis just pulled up uh, Twitter here. I have no idea who this guy is. No, go back oh. to that one. I have no idea who this guy is, but his name is Raheem, Raheem Typo King uh, at Heem zero zero zero. But this is this is tweet is exactly why Donald Trump is there. He says, no matter how much you don't like him, you have to admit. He's funny as fuck. <laughs> and that is, again, if it was not the president of the United States, 
Uh, he'd be onto something. Yeah, he is rock, quite funny. Pretty rock and roll. Um, all right, everyone, stay healthy. Don't get coronavirus. Drink a bunch of Coronas, though. You're going to be just fine if you do that. Um, and hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.